the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning, and welcome to today's edition of Ion Real Estate. I'm Stephen Ebert, attorney with the law firm of Casson and Casson. Unfortunately, Dottie is not with us this week. She is off, and she'll be back next week. But we have a wonderful show with terrific guests. In the second hour today, we're going to be joined by Sarah Blank, a well-known kitchen designer, author of Classic Kitchens for Modern Living, and she's going to be talking about new design elements and how to really create the environment in your kitchen and other living spaces and bathrooms um, to add great value to your home. And, of course, Peter Conti from Honig Conti Perino Insurance Agency. Peter has been a recurring guest on our show to talk about the latest ins and outs in insurance. If you're going to make that design improvement to your home, of course you want to make sure it's protected. Understands a lot of the changes that are going on in the industry and the costs that are going on. So it's a great second hour. But kicking off the first hour, I'm joined by my guest, Michael Piazza, the Vice President of Growth uh, and Development for Quintessential Mortgage. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Stephen. Thank you for having me. Uh, pleasure to have you. You know, there's so much going on in the banking industry, in the mortgage industry, um, and, and people have so many questions. And, you know, they're trying and working on their transaction. And, you know, now all of a sudden it's March. The weather is getting a little warmer, although a little damper today, but that's okay. And people are heading out for those, you know, open markets and spring market that's coming along. And one of the questions that I get from clients all the time is, where do I begin? You know, who should I talk to? And one of the, you know, what should I really look for when just starting to establish a relationship with a loan officer to figure out how to approach my search? You know, so Mike, when, when you're talking to that first-time home buyer and you have sort of that kickoff call, what are some of the key things that you talk about and things that they should prepare for for that conversation? Great part about it. That conversation differs every time with every person. That's still part that gets a lot of fun. Whether somebody's buying their first house, fifty, still having this. You know, you know, Mike, we're having a little bit of tech difficulty. The signal's not great. If you could hang up and reconnect, and, and then we can, you know, try that again. So, so while we're waiting for Mike to come back in, uh, we're just going to switch gears for a moment to talk about some of the things that we're seeing in the rent-regulated market. We've had a few really big decisions recently, and for those of you living in the city, 
you would note about a very large community known as Peter Cooper, Stuyvesant Village. And this is a very large and expansive rental neighborhood, approximately 11,500 units um, where people reside on the east side of Manhattan. And what's happened is over the years is that the ownership has traded and a very large real estate holder and investor around the world, the Blackstone Group, purchased the property in, in around 2018. And they've made a series of improvements. And what's happened is in New York in 2019, New York State changed the law um, and added a new law, the Tenant Stabilization Act, which really made all sorts of limitations on how um, rents can increase, what happens with regulated rents, and it's a really important part of the market. And what's happened um, is there was a case on whether or not about half of these units could be what we call deregulated and be charging a market rent. Um, And what happened was just this past week, Blackstone decided to drop the case and is not trying to change the status. So all those apartments will remain rent regulated. Now, obviously, all the tenants there are very happy because with rent regulation, the amount in which your rent can go up annually is significantly limited, and it's not going to adjust to market rents. But one of the conversations that's really going on in the industry is striking a right balance. How do we strike a right balance between keeping our city affordable at the same time, making sure it is manageable for property owners. Are the landlords able to make the returns on their investment to develop new properties, to be able to give the amenities that tenants want, and also have the rate of return to really increase investment? And this is a really hot topic that's going out there. We see this come up again and again. And, and with this on this theme... There was a new research report that came out. Now, keep in mind, this report was done by the Real Estate Board of New York and the Rent Stabilization Association, which are industry uh, groups, but the data is very clear. They polled approximately 10% of owners of rent-stabilized or rent-controlled property, and they found out a statistic which a lot of us thought about but really put some details on it. And what they said, that the number of apartments that are rent-regulated that are just being left vacant in our city has increased, the ones that have been vacant for two years have increased by 65%. The ones that have been vacant for three years, that amount number has increased by 97%. And the number of apartments that have been vacant for three years have surged by 125%. And so we're seeing an important debate that's starting to form of how do we make real estate affordability, but not just by putting in a regulation, but how do we have balance? How do we have a sustainable rental environment, but an environment with landlords can thrive and survive too? Absolutely critical. Um, So we're going to see a lot more of this conversation coming up because having apartments sit vacant on the sideline does not help affordability. And many investors are concerned in investing in some of these regulated apartments because they don't know 
how they're going to make the necessary return to maintain the housing stock and also to make a profit and be able to grow it. Um, Bert, is Mike back on the line yet? Yes, I'm back. Okay, wonderful. All right, welcome back, Mike. All right. All right, that's okay. No problem. So just going back um, before we took that little side journey, first-time home buyers, they call you up. They say, Mike, help me. I've never bought a place before. I'm not good at math, but I know my lease is coming due in a couple of months, and I'm starting to look. What do I need to do? The, the important part is just getting everything in a row. And when I say that, what I mean is you've got to understand what your credit looks like, which regretfully most people rely on their credit cards and say, because the credit cards will have a credit score for you. And they're not always accurate. They're sometimes close, but not always. So, People will say, well, I have... But then, Mike, I, sorry to interrupt, but why, why is that not accurate? Well, Because I've had people say the same thing to me. I go get my freecreditreport.com, and then all of a sudden, you're exactly right. They come to you, and the numbers are different. Right. Because what, what you're seeing on with the credit cards, Free Credit Report is actually one of the better ones of the, the 8 million different websites you can go on and pull a credit report from. But your credit cards, what that's giving you is consumer debt and only consumer debt. It's not what's considered what we use in the mortgage industry as your FICO scores. They'll say a FICO score, but it's actually not it. It's just your consumer debt. So you're only getting a real, very, very high view glance of what your credit scores actually are. So there's one famous credit reporting agency, if you will call it that, that is very, very wrong every time. So I'll have a client, and I know you've had these clients as well, will call you and say, hey, I checked on so and such and such a site, and my credit scores are 800. I will go and take a look at their credit, and they're 700 or 650, because it doesn't reflect everything. It doesn't reflect all of the debt that shows up on somebody's credit report. And if there's a bankruptcy, and if there's a charge-off, if there is potentially a collection account, all of these things won't show up and don't affect that consumer score the way they do with your FICO scores. So I love when people call me two and three months beforehand so that this way, if there's any issues like this, we can remedy them. We can go and figure out exactly what's wrong with them, we will take steps needed in order to fix somebody's credit. And if you have to get a credit agency that will come in to help clean up the credit, then that's you can employ a company to help you do that. There's ways around it. So, but no, go ahead. so now that we know the numbers and the metrics, I got to ask you another question. To me, we see something that I think the consumers are not well-educated on. The difference between a qualifying score and a score that can impact your rate. And I have found that a lot of times lenders do, if I may say, you excluded, a horrific job in explaining the difference to clients of 
this this credit score that you need to get the loan and actually what your rate's going to turn into. So can you explain that? And can you explain also how that may evolve over time during one's process from applying for a loan and actually closing? Sure. It's Here's the unfortunate part. And the unfortunate part is a lot of people in the mortgage industry, long-term, short-term, don't know the difference and don't know the correlation of a credit score to an interest rate. Now, a credit score is a piece of the puzzle that puts together what your interest rate is going to be. There's other factors that go along into it, but credit is probably the most important one of them. And what will happen is most loan officers, if that's really truly what you want to call them, will just say, okay, here's your credit score, and this is what your rate's going to be. And end of story. And that's it. They don't take the five minutes, take a deeper dive into a credit report, and explain to the borrowers why. Here's what your credit score is. This is why your credit score is where it is. And walk them through and and explain to them that there are ways to fix it. And the hard part about it is just like John Q. Public is not educated on the credit, in some cases there's loan officers that are not either. And it's, it's frustrating, it's difficult, and over the years you've seen people educate themselves, which is great as far as the public is concerned, but also on the, the loan officer side of things. But it's gotten to a point now where the, the the education piece is more important than almost anything else as far as the financing part is concerned. So with that being said, I, I, I think if I can interrupt on that, I think it's critical because one of the things that we're seeing more so than before is we're in an up and down environment. And what I mean by that is I am seeing not only rates go up and down, but I am also seeing lenders take different approaches. And maybe this is the outside observer. I'm a lawyer, not a banker. But what I'm seeing is certain lenders be more in the market or less in the market, even though they're still lending. But the type of products and how they view risk is constantly evolving. And some of that is in the control of the borrower, and some of it has absolutely nothing to do with the borrower. So, Mike, what I want to do for a second is, I know we've been talking about sort of the borrower side of the equation. I want to shift a little to the lender. And I want to talk to particularly clients who are looking at co-ops and condos for a minute. And what are you seeing in the change of lenders? Are they looking at buildings differently? Um, is it getting harder to get a building qualified? What, what are you seeing in that sector? It very much so is. There's the buildings, especially in and around New York City, a lot of the buildings are older. So lenders are, they look at them differently. And they look at them differently because now a lot of buildings are to a point where they're in need of repair. And when you're talking about repair, it could be internal repair, it could be external repair. I mean, walking through the city, there's scaffolding around quite a few buildings, and they're fixing the fascia, they're fixing the brick face, they're fixing the windows. And that's always a concern for lenders while this work is going on, 
because what happens if? Now, I know you're trying, as a co-op or a condo department at, at a lender, you have to, you're trying to predict the future that what if something happens? What if a piece of the fascia falls and falls on somebody and now the building's going to be sued? And all of well, that. Hold on, we got, we, got, we got an insurance guy in the next hour, so don't take away all of his thunder. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll, I'll leave that up to him. <laughs> but our lenders and all lenders, for that matter, are concerned about things like that because, look, you've seen it, I've seen it over the years, it can bankrupt a building. It can bankrupt a management company if something like that happens. And they're overly concerned, and in some cases, rightfully so. It's, but what, they also, what they're also looking at, and this is a very important one as well, is, as you were talking about earlier, investors. That's a big very big factor that weighs into a lender's decision on whether or not they want to lend in that building and or approve the building to be lent. So let's say, for example, you've got a 100-unit building and you've got 60 units in that building that are investor units. There's very few. And when I say very few, I mean a small handful of lenders that will lend in a building like that. And the reason behind that is the perception, and perception in some cases is reality, that let's just say a tenant stops paying rent. Whomever is the owner of that particular unit, in most cases, will own a property of their own. That is their primary residence. That landlord is going to be more inclined to pay the mortgage on their primary residence as they will above and beyond the investment property that they have. So now what happens? If they're not paying the mortgage payment, they're probably not paying the common fees or the HOA fees that are due. And what ends up happening is the building then has to supplement supplement those HOA fees. And it turns into financials for the buildings start to go down. And they start Yeah, to you know and, and and you're you're absolutely right, Mike, and and it's sort of counterintuitive we find for some clients because people say, Oh, I wanna have options. I wanna be in an investor friendly building because maybe one day I wanna rent out my apartment. Right? I'll buy it I'll live here for five years, and then maybe after, instead of selling, when I buy my new home, I'm going to turn into an investment property. And you're so right. You've got to have that fine balance. Sure, it's great to be investor-friendly, but you don't want to be too out of balance because banks will not lend in the building because it doesn't meet warrantability requirements, and you do have this extra level of risk. And it's, it's sort of an interesting counterintuitive uh, sense uh, for clients because they really like having that flexibility and back and forth. I know we're coming up to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about lending, things to think about in buildings, and I'm going to be talking about one building in the city, about what's happening with their facade and finances. You don't want to miss it. More on Ion Real Estate after this break.
Hi, it's Arthur Idala here for Bay Ridge Honda, run by my family friend Rob Sabah and his family. The Sabah family has owned and operated Honda for over 60 years. 60 years serving the five boroughs. I've gotten cars there my whole family has. My mother, my father, my sister, my brother, and my grandfather. Everyone knows to go to Bay Ridge Honda because the Sabah family makes you feel like you're part of their family. To kick off spring, Bay Ridge Honda is offering $0 deals all month long. That's right, zero down deals. On top of that, APR rates as low as 1.9%. You can't find that anywhere else. No payments until summer of 2024. 90 days of no payments. Best prices around. They will offer you top dollar for your trade-in. You name it, they have it. Brand new Hondas like the all-new Civic, HRV, CRV, the Honda Accord, and the Honda Passport. They have them all ready for you to drive home today. Serving the five boroughs of New York, every new vehicle comes with their Bay Ridge Plus package for all of your service maintenance needs. Visit Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. I'd like to introduce you to the premier business in the investigative and security field in the United States today, Brosnan Risk Consultants, founded by my friend Pat Brosnan, decorated, retired NYPD detective. You must be diligent in protecting the business you work so hard to grow, family you cherish, and the lifestyle you've achieved. Luckily, there is Brosnan Risk Consultants to keep your business healthy, keep your family safe, and identify the approaching rising tide of danger and loss well before it destroys what you have built. Brosnan Risk Consultants have been protecting clients for over 25 years. Operational in 45 states and over 500 cities. Don't settle for second best. Brosnan is the gold standard in investigative and security services. Call now 800-590-2180 or go online to brosnanrisk.com B-R-O-S-N-A-N risk.com We can tell you about the incredible success we bring to local businesses, but it's better when it comes directly from our satisfied clients. Here's just one example. After searching for a new vendor to handle my search marketing campaign, I contacted Salem Surround after seeing the great work they did for another restoration company in the different market. Their team of experts recommended a mix of multiple tactics designed to get my business the most quality leads at the lowest cost, making my marketing budget stretch further. In our first year partnering with Salem Surround, we recorded our best year to date. And I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. The representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Google Salem Surround New York and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. Are you ready to embark on an unforgettable expedition to Alaska this summer? Then join me, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, along with Mike Gallagher and our special guests on the Patriots Alaska Cruise, sailing over 4th of July weekend. Learn more at PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. This experience is a chance to participate in spirited discussions and thought-provoking lectures with like-minded patriots and sought-after speakers. Seven action-packed days will chart a course toward a bright American future, all while surrounded by Alaska rustic and natural wonders on a luxury cruise ship. You'll experience powerful creation immersed in the splendor of glaciers and fjords. Join Mike Gallagher and me June 29th to July 6th. Secure your cabin today by calling 855-565-5519 or book online at PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com That's 855-565-5519 PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com
Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in iHeart or Odyssey.com. Continuing with Ion on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Ion on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Welcome back to Ion on Real Estate. I am attorney Stephen Ebert with the law firm of Casson & Casson. Dottie Herman is off this week and we'll be back next week. And uh, continue to be talking with uh, Mike Piazza from Quintessential Mortgage about a variety of issues going on in our market. Um, but one thing would be remiss if we didn't cover is really getting an understanding of your co-op and condo board uh, and really know what's going on in your building. These are volunteer positions that are unpaid from the owners of the building that run in annual elections. Now, in many cases, it works out very well, but sometimes there's discontent in building. If buildings have rising costs, let's say if it, like for facade repair that Mike mentioned um, before the break, uh, it could leave some tensions in, in the building. Is it paid by an assessment? Is there more underlying borrowing for the building to fund these costs? And also, really, the level of the costs that are out there. And I'll tell you, there's a couple of cases that we're seeing right now in the city where there are disputes with owners in the building against, the, against their board. There's one case on the Upper East Side um, in which they're claiming that the board is running the building like their own personal fiefdom, spending nearly half a million dollars on unnecessary elevator repairs, and it turned out, according to their accusations, that it was a cousin of the president of the board that actually got the contract. There's another building, also in the city, where there are funds that are missing. They're not sure where they are, and so all of a sudden the building is announcing another assessment for a facade repair. Now, I want to be clear. In a city with thousands and tens of thousands of co-ops and condos, hearing one or two outliers does not say that the system doesn't run well. But it's so important to be an involved and active member in your building. It's, it's a big investment. For most people, it's their largest investment. And you want to make sure you keep an eye on it, make sure you get a copy of the financials. And in an environment where we see maybe interest rates being higher, costs for maintaining buildings a little bit higher, green initiatives in the city with the new local law, laws that are out there, you really want to make sure things are run well, and this really ties back in to financing. Because, again, when you're getting financing, lenders not only look at the borrower profile, do they have the income, the assets, not too much liabilities, strong credit, credit and, and post-closing um, liquidity, but they also look at your asset. Does it appraise for value? Is your co-op or condo um, really secure and run well, not too many investors, or does it have the right kind of insurances in effect? Is it well-maintained? So, Mike, part of what we're seeing right now in the market is, and there's a few reasons behind that, is below-average inventory. There are a lot of buyers out there now, especially since we're starting the spring market, really looking for a new home, and the inventory seems low. What do you do when a client comes to you and really making them as ready as possible so when they do find that place, they can compete and close as quickly as possible? 
Well, first and foremost, like we talked about earlier, just we make sure that everything is in a row with them. We make sure that everything is up to date. And when I say that, I'm talking updated pay stubs, updated bank statements, and, and there are any asset statements. Make sure their credit is up to date, all is right with the world. What we've been doing as a company is we've actually been submitting loans with a TBD address. And what I mean by that is to be determined, and we will submit a loan for an underwriting approval. So it's in essence, instead of getting a pre-approval letter, we're giving people commitment letters so that this way, when they are presenting their offer, they're presenting an offer with an approved loan already. Now, there's going to be some conditions on there. Obviously, the property itself has to appraise. And depending on what type of a property, they're going to review the financials and make sure that the property is run correctly, like you said earlier. But what it's allowing us to do is skip a few steps for borrowers. And when, when I say skip, I mean already have them handled prior to even getting an accepted offer on a property. So it's put people in a position where they are that much farther ahead and that much more secure in their financing, which is putting sellers a little bit more at ease. So I want to take a step back for, well, and I want to take a step back for a second. Can you explain very quickly the difference between a pre-approval letter and a commitment letter? And then also how to the consumer who does not do this on a regular basis, can they look at the letter whether they're a borrower or a seller, for that matter, and actually be able to tell one is a pre-approval, one is a commitment letter. What are the signs sure. in there to figure that out? Sure. A pre-approval letter is, as a loan officer, you take in a loan, you have reviewed the borrower's credit, their income, their assets, and you probably run the loan through an automated underwriting system, hopefully. And then you are, the system will write the letter for you. The system will generate the letter for you. Then this way you can distribute it out to your buyers and, and their real estate agent. A commitment letter is a loan that it's actually not a pre-approval. It's an actual loan. It means that we've put together all of the income, all of the assets, letters of explanation if needed, and credit W-2s and submitted them to an underwriter who has reviewed everything, make sure that all of the I's are dotted and T's are crossed, and actually will issue a credit approval. Now, the difference between the two letters, it's clear as day. A pre-approval says pre-approval right on the top of the letter. It it's, should be bold and right in the middle so that this way nobody can miss it. The commitment letter will say, not pre-approval letter, but approval letter or letter of commitment. What this does, again, shows the difference between an automated underwriting system where you have the ability to manipulate the numbers to make it work for somebody and a true approval that has been underwritten by an underwriter, reviewed all of the documentation that goes along with it, and has issued a true letter of approval that this borrower is qualified to buy 
and here's the proof showing as such. Now, this is of great importance, and I just want to point out, whenever you're, you know, that's the old adage, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. If you are a buyer in a competitive environment, and you're trying to make the best first impression to the seller, not only is having the stronger letter showing more diligence, showing a higher level investigation and being proved, gives a good signal to the seller of that you are a stronger candidate. But I'm going to even go further. What it would say to me if I was the seller, this person knows what's going on. They are going to be easier to deal with because they're prepared, as opposed to waiting for somebody who is last minute and doesn't have their ducks in a row that might be delaying the closing because they didn't do this on time or that on time, I get a very nice signal that things are being done right. So really important to go in armed with the right kind of backup to show that you are the one that the seller wants to deal with because you really have all of your ducks in a row. Um, Now, I know, Mike, this is always the tricky question to ask. Where's the mortgage market going? Rates are going up, they're going down, they go up a little bit. What are some of the signals that you're seeing? And with that, if you could please talk about what you're seeing in the fixed and the adjustable rate differences as maybe also some signaling about where rates are going. Sure. I wish this was tried and true and my crystal ball was spotlessly clear because if that was the case, I would have hit the lottery probably 32 times already in my life. But regretfully, I have to go by this, the foggy signs that are given by the world. And yes, you're 100% correct. It's been up and down and up and down over the last three months, let alone six months or 14 months. The, just the last two to three months, it's been very just hold on to your hat up and down because... Wait, Mike, I, I got to do this. I'm sorry to everybody. I know we're coming up to a commercial break. We're leaving people on a cliffhanger. When we come back after the break, Mike's going to talk about what are the signals that we're seeing about where rates are trending and what and how this could impact your potential transaction. You don't want to miss it. More nine real estate after this break. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. 
I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Are you feeling less focused, brain fog, or concerned about your memory? Invite Health is here to help with our Memory Multivitamin, a comprehensive daily multivitamin loaded with key vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants to support focus, attention, and memory. Let the power of ginkgo biloba, choline, and the essential trace mineral lithium support your brain and get back to feeling sharp. Take an extra 10% off Invite's Memory Multivitamin by calling now, 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Save even more with our new everyday low prices, plus the additional 10% off Invite Health's Memory Multivitamin. Visit invitehealth.com to check out our entire product line and call 800-673-2345 for 10% off Memory Multivitamin today. That number again, 800 800- 673-2345 or go to invitehealth.com You have all helped support my pillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers, Giza Sheets, My Pillow 2.0 and more. Great news. The My Pillow 6-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They are extremely absorbent yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with 2 bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Regular price is $79.98 for a limited time. You can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code P. That's a 50% savings. Go to MyPillow.com. Call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code P to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. A fraction of a raindrop, three grains of salt, at up to 100 times more potent than morphine. The tiniest amount of illegal fentanyl is all it takes to cause an overdose. Fentanyl can be mixed into heroin, cocaine, pressed pills, meth, and other drugs. It could be in your drugs, and you wouldn't be able to see it, taste it or smell it learn more at cdc.gov slash stop overdose tweet us on twitter like us on facebook we're everywhere am 970 theanswer.com continuing with eye on real estate your premier source for real estate information here's the host of eye on real estate the vice chair of douglas elliman Dottie herman Welcome back to Eye on Real Estate. This is attorney Stephen Ebert. Uh, again, uh, Dottie Herman is out this week. She'll be back next week. And Mike Piazza and I were in the middle of our conversation talking about predictions, which absolutely it is a difficult thing to do. Um, and whenever I predict for my sports teams, it never goes well. And so, you know, predicting for more kids are even tougher. But, Mike, what are some of the signals that are out there that we're seeing? And also, 
how do you combat this sort of roller coaster up and down of rates when you have clients looking for a home, trying to fit that within a budget, and what's some of the options that you have and some of the tools that you uniquely have that can sort of give them a little comfort that you can kind of control that movement a little bit? Sure. It's the big, one of the big issues in an environment like this is protection. You've got to protect yourself against the what if. And the what if is simply, what if the rates jump? Who knows? But what if they fall? So the biggest part is protecting yourself. And as soon as you're able to, lock in your interest rate because it protects you if the rates do jump. Now, the great part is, let's say they do drop. Certain lenders, not every lender in the world, has a float-down option. You're allowed to float down your rate one time before you close, and it has to be done one week prior to the closing. What that allows you to do is stay protected from the rates jumping. But what it also allows you to do is take advantage if the rates fall. Now, in certain cases, there is a cost to do this, the minimal cost, but that minimal cost is mitigated with your monthly savings, depending on how much of a drop there is within the interest rates. So about a month ago, there was a significant drop in the rates. It was well over a half a percentage point. That's a big deal, especially when you're talking, you get into these larger number mortgages. The dollars that it will save you on a monthly basis can be tremendous. So if you have that ability, and that's a question that every borrower should ask, is do I have the ability to do a float down on my interest rate prior to closing? It is wildly important, but most of the public and home, but first, especially first-time home buyers, who never heard of something like this before. So they're, they're, this is an educational piece for them to make sure that they're paying attention to what tools that they have at their advantage. So they, it's always a question to ask right away. The other options that you do have, and this is an option that's promoted often, and but not from every lender, is you have the potential of a buy-down on your interest rate. Now, you'll see a what's called a 1-0 buy-down, a 2-1 buy-down, a 3-1 buy-down, and people say, well, what does that mean? What that means is a 1-0 buy-down. What that means is you will pay a fee, and it's got to be paid either by the lender or through a seller's credit that will allow you to buy down your interest rate by one percentage point. But, and here's the but, and this is the fine print that people are not seeing. Yes, you're buying it down by one percentage point, but it's only for one year. So, what happens after a year? Let's say you buy your rate down to 5%, and we're just going to use this as an example. After 12 months, your rate is going to jump to 6%. So depending on the balance of your mortgage, your payment's going to jump significantly. Now, 
this is a great product if, and the if is gigantic when I say this, if our crystal ball is squeaky clean. And we know that in under 12 months, you're going to be able to refinance that mortgage and get a lower rate than what your current rate is. Is it a risk? It can be. It definitely can be. It's something that people need to be aware of. But that's where the 2-1 buy-down comes in and then 3-1 buy-down comes in. So 2-1, for example, let's say your start rate is 6%. For year one, you, you've bought your interest rate down to 4%. After 12 months, it goes up to 5%. After 24 months, it goes back up to that original start rate at 6%. Now, what that does is that buys you two years of waiting for the interest rates to drop so that this way you can refinance that property. So these are tools that buyers have at their fingertips, but they've got to ask because a lot of times it's not volunteered by the loan officer. And in some cases it's not even offered by the lender. So it's something that if, if you're looking into this and you're looking to purchase something now and you want to get into a little bit more of a house, if you will, or a condo or any sort of a property, you can do this buy down and you will actually qualify, potentially qualify for a little bit more of a purchase price. So you know this is this is a really important thing to be strategic because what's interesting is if we want to shift to the co-op condo particularly co-op world for a second is co-ops are going to look at your qualifications differently than a lender and they could be stricter and sometimes they care more about monthly payment and sometimes they care more about post-closing liquidity they care about both but this what's very interesting about this is you have an opportunity, if you work with an expert, not a 1-800-get-me-a-mortgage guy somewhere, you can actually really chart this out and actually be strategic, and you might be able to qualify for a building, do a deal that you couldn't otherwise if you just said, what's your rate, and not really ask these other questions and really be strategic about it. You couldn't have said that any better. The, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wonderfully done. The call centers, the 1-800-GET-ME-A-MORTGAGE. Here's the problem with, and I'm, I'm going to broad brush, and I'm going to say most of those people that are answering the phone on the other end of the line. They are not seasoned loan officers. In most cases, they are fresh out of college, probably don't even have their own mortgage. And they are basically order takers. They are given scripts and say, this is what you need to say to people. And all you need to do is get them to apply for a mortgage. They have no idea about structure, how to structure a mortgage, how to be able to navigate guidelines because they don't know the guidelines. So their job is to collect an application fee, get somebody to put an application in, send it off into an 
what could be an underwriting abyss and hope and pray for the best. And then you'll never speak to that person again because then you'll talk to four or five other people that have got their hands on your loan. We're dealing with a seasoned loan officer who's local to the market, which is tremendously important as well. These are people that know what they're talking about. These are people that do this day in and day out, and they are the ones who study guidelines. These are the people that are in the know as far as trends, as far as program availability, as far as special features for mortgages, the buy-downs, for example. These are all people that know how to lend on a co-op, know how to lend on a condo, know how to lend on a multifamily home, whether it is a two-family, three-family, a four-family, a single-family home. These are the people that know the ins and outs and how to get financing done correctly for these people, and they're going to present you all of your options. Now, we spoke earlier about the buy-downs, the temporary buy-downs, there's always an option and most borrowers, when they call and we have our initial conversation, the first thing that they do is, I don't want to pay for this. I don't want to pay points. I don't want to pay this. I don't want to pay that. Well, it's not an expense in some cases. So in some cases... And I I think that's a great point for a second that so many times people have a, a sort of stereotype of, oh, I just want to have the lowest possible closing costs up front. Sure. That, in theory, that sounds terrific. But the question is, if you're paying something extra, what are you getting? And my advice to clients are always, listen, and ask a very simple question. Mortgage professional, you've asked me to pay this extra amount up front. What am I getting? Let them make the case. Let them explain what you're getting and how it works. And if you don't like it, then don't do it. Don't do it. But why would you not have the conversation? Because the thing is this. The loan officer doesn't get paid more or less if they give of themselves and give you more time. So one of the things I would say, if you're willing to have somebody who has years and years of experience and has done tens and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of loans, and he's willing or she's willing to speak with you for free, listen, hear them out. At the end of the day, do what you want. Do what makes sense. Let them make their case. But hear them out because they might have another perspective that was not on your radar because they've had 40 clients like you in the last couple of years that they've had this conversation with and they saw a pan out. Definitely take the time, have that conversation, and that's why you want to start early and not Monday morning after you got your offer accepted on Sunday at the open house. 100% correct. It, here's the great part about it. The ability as a borrower to have options is up to you. It's up to you when you, and it all starts with who you decide to work with. You've got somebody who's just an order taker, you're going to get what you're given and that's pretty much going to be the extent of it. When you deal with somebody who's educating you and who is showing you what your options are, that's something completely different. 
because the whole idea, just getting sticking with the points, for example, and like you said, Stephen, what am I getting for this? Well, you, you're going to invest X amount of dollars, but that investment is going to save you Y amount of dollars each month. You're going to recoup X in this many months. Does that make sense to you, Mr. and Mrs. Bartler? This is how much you will and save. And I'm going to throw something else out there also. Generally speaking, I don't want to say 100% of the time because you always got to look at your case, but generally speaking, points are considered a prepaid finance charge. And if that is the case, as long as your loan amount does not exceed $750,000 for your primary residence, and that's your sole mortgage, then you can write off all the points in the year of closing. Most of your closing costs, if you're buying a primary residence home, are not tax deductible. Most go into what we call your basis to reduce your capital gains taxes, if any, when you sell. But interest paid, a prepaid finance charge like points can be. So that cost to you actually also might not be as high as you think on an after-tax basis. Obviously, you want to double-check with your accountant because borrowers have different ways of filing. Maybe they itemize, et cetera, um, or not. And so always check with them. But generally speaking, um, this could also be a nice tax write-off, too. So the actual cost is not as high as you think. You beat me to it, and I thank you for that. It's, but it's, it's an investment. It's an investment, short, a short-term investment, and potentially a long-term investment, Again, depending on where the rates are. And look, during COVID 2020 and 2021, the rates were at a beyond historic low. <laughs> they were absurd. Will we ever see those again? Probably not in our lifetimes. But anybody who was able to take advantage did. Well, that's, that's unfortunately a great way to end. I can't believe we've already gone through the first hour. Mike Piazza from Quintessential Mortgage, thank you for joining us and giving us your knowledge and expertise. We're going to be your back in Iron Real Estate. we got two great guests coming up on insurance and kitchen design. You don't want to miss it. More after the break. Thanks again, Mike. Thank you. Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.